Ali, hello. Hello, welcome, my friend. Overball Raw on a Saturday. So, um, I just, you're just up, right? So, I hope you had your breakfast. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. So, I just Twittered, uh, I watched that video from Sarah Silverman, uh, what she posted today. So she bashes every in, in the, like bigger actor doing now independent films right now. And unfortunately, I have to completely agree with what she, what she says. Because, look, we filed for an, ex, like an except, exception for, from SAG for our film we want to shoot in South Africa. But when I read that now Viola Davis, who did The Woman King last got a waiver for her new film. Uh, then I have to agree with Sarah Silverman that she said, if now everybody makes independent films, it's all fake because they're all getting sold to the streamers. Then the strike will take way longer to have any result. Yeah. You know, I mean, let's say now everybody, like we talked about it, like Mark Ruffalo said, okay, guys, why you play only big Hollywood films? Do help the indie film producers. Go in indie films with a big name. Then they finally can get more money for their films. And I 100% agree with it. But I agree with it in a way that they should do that no matter what, always. Yeah. When there is no strike, they should still read scripts from independent filmmakers and should be more willing to make some films where they're getting maybe only scale and a big percentage of the film to help a film. So that is what I strongly recommend. Uh, but what's happening right now is with over a hundred films right now got the waiver from the SAG, what's happening now is like, these are all side deals. These people who now getting like, whatever, Chris Hemsworth playing in an indie film, they know they're getting all the money back in the end when they finish the film from the streamer. You know? So? I think there is a lot of fake stuff going on where they this maybe should control way better who is the funder of that film, what is the budget of the film. Oh, you know, are they you should talking say, like you mean like Fox Searchlight or something being trying to pretend that it's independent when it's still Fox? Yes, that yeah. is what. But what happens? Of course, Fox, Fox or Disney or Sony or whatever will never pop up or MGM Lionsgate. They will never pop up in the filing to the SAG. You know, they will just say to the SAG, "This film is privately financed," and it is right, but it's backed by a studio it's backed by a streamer and so it's not privately financed because for me independent films like my first shift in new york is shot on full risk yeah it means you shoot it you know who will buy it that is an independent film and and that should be basically uh, uh allowed right so but nothing else should be allowed when i saw that hellmark hallmark got got the sack waiver for a TV show. How is that possible? Yeah, right. Hallmark, huh? That's a... Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't get it. It's like, if, so they basically uh, cannibalize their strike. I mean, if, if the sack now gives too many waivers, 
where's then the, the the real pressure for the studios and this, uh, the streamers to settle this yeah this is going to go on for a long time it's going to be really ugly i i feel it and when uh content stops coming completely hopefully um we can finally have true talks to get us out of this Yes, and it's uh, yeah, but I don't see it coming right now. I think now everybody goes. I see every day in the Hollywood Reporter and everywhere more and more uh, uh, waivers, more and more waivers that that people can shoot something, and yeah. that is ridiculous. You know that is totally ridiculous because we shouldn't forget it's not like the one film with one film actor. It's like that film has a hundred actors now, and they yeah. all make money during the strike. And that is that is basically not okay. I mean, I'm not in the strike. I'm a director, producer, you know. But and I want stars for my films, and I filed a waiver for my South African film, and I want a big name for it. And I see the strike is a good possibility, maybe for me again, to get a good uh, name for it. But it's a film what is only financed by myself. It's not a film where I have somebody in my back pocket who cash flows me if I get. Ethan Hawke, if, if I get uh, James McAvoy. So, and, and I think now when I read that with Viola Davis, I just don't believe this. I don't believe that Viola Davis puts her personal money in that film and has no clue who will buy the film. I don't believe her. And I don't believe all the other guys also not, like with big actors, no, Anne Hathaway is shooting a film. So you really think uh, she is like, doesn't know where the money comes from or what? I, or doesn't know where that film will be on air or... I don't think yeah. so. Netflix will snatch that shit up, of course. Absolutely. You know, and that is the thing. And I bet that they have the guarantee in the pocket before they shoot. Yeah, but they just don't talk about it. Exactly. They don't talk about it. So, and I think that it's, it's kind of ridiculous. And uh, so um, it's, it's kind of an absurd situation. I have to say. Yeah, it's hypocritical. That's for sure. Yes. You know, and uh, yeah, we will we will see. So, how was uh, uh, the Barbie movie? You went in it. <laughs> okay. Well, so first of all, it's a toy film. You know, I was right. It is a toy film. It's meant to sell toys, and to that end, it was shot very well. It looks beautiful. I mean, it doesn't have a whole lot of depth yet. It is also at the same hand. It's very clever, very stylish, um, but it's also very like. Um, vacuous and uh, corporate and mandated at the same time. It's it's hard to describe. So it's kind of like a, a, a hypocritical film because Barbie is, you know, it's meant to a, appeal to the most vain aspects of uh, female uh, dignity. You know, like Barbie is pretty pretty simple. It's about like, you know, looking good and feeling good and they tried to use that uh as empowerment for women and they make a couple of really good jokes honestly like um the entire team at barbie and mattel is all men uh yeah it was it was funny it was clever um i was expecting to hate it i was expecting to think it was a piece of shit but for what it was for a toy film uh breaking the fourth wall and being self-aware of what it is helps the film. Uh, it's sort of like Shrek, where it's like a lot of, you know, pop culture jokes and... Yeah. 
I uh, I thought about the sound of freedom again. Okay. And, and you know what? I my my theory now is that it's so a big hit because not necessarily because of the content. It's maybe fifty percent is the content, you know, and it's more about or the quality of the film, whatever. I think it's a statement of the population against the mainstream media. It's a statement of that people are tired in a way to just follow everybody in the film what has the most PA spent, the most advertising, the most trailering, the most ads, TV ads, whatever. You know, because normally films, uh, I mean, Barbie, they spend 180 million on the release alone, right? And whatever, 200 million whatever it was, or I don't know what it was, the, or 120 million, whatever, to make the film. Oppenheimer was way over 200 million and over 100 million in, in advertising. So that the Sound of Freedom is doing basically almost the same box office. Uh, it's not only genius from the Angel Studios who released the film, but I think it really took off because people are tired of uh, Vogue, and diversity and they didn't get answers for a lot of questions that were standing in the room yeah you know? and and i think with the when when you think about the pedophilia and the whatever like the kids getting kidnapped and disappearing whatever uh you have the two sides right so you have the guy who's like the the the, the expert who who worked on the field the guy who basically uh is the, the key person on on uh, sound of freedom and but i think they they're accelerating to make it bigger as it is i i i don't think there are 150,000 kids disappearing every year whatever you know so i but there are a few thousand disappearing every year and i think what the, what the population thinks about this is of course, it was so absurd with the pizza gate thing in Washington D.C., where they saw it in the pizzeria is the Hillary Clinton and other blood-sucking monsters having kids locked up in a pizza place in Washington D.C. So you have this kind of absurdity story with, with nothing to do with the reality. But then, based on stories like this, who came out of conspiracy channels, uh, the mainstream media blocks off the truth of the fact that there is child porn and child rape and uh, that kids disappearing and maybe getting killed uh, and that kids getting used for organ transplants in the third world or in Africa, that, that they close their eyes and act that this problem doesn't exist, but it's there. You know, and it's also there that people never got real answers or a real prosecution because Jeffrey Epstein killed himself of uh, all the fuckers from Bill Gates to uh, to Bill Clinton to the Prince Andrew guy, whatever. They were on the island with him where girls got raped. Yeah. You know, so and it's proven that all that people, what I just mentioned, they all have tons of women around them. Tons like Bill Gates was a cheater all his life, right? So it's, it was not the little, he's the little geeky guy who is great for Microsoft. But at the same time, it's proven that he cheated on his wife all the time. Bill Clinton, 100%, Prince Andrew, 100%. And that a lot of people, in a way, used, from what I see here, Jeffrey Epstein, like, like a hookup 
for more sex with younger women. And that that didn't get really out there. And but I think that the, the real population uh, demands answers to this crap. You know, they, 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 they feel like there is something uh, hiding here and, and something is not uh, is not kosher with what's going on uh, on on that thing. And I think so Sound of Freedom amalgamates this into a film where you feel like if I if I pay a ticket for the film or if I go into that film uh, that you make a statement that you're tired of the brainwashing bullshit films what comes out of the studio machine. So when I saw Sound of Freedom at the end of the film, Jim Caviezel talks to the audience. He breaks the fourth wall and he tells them that if they appreciate the message that this film has given to pay it forward and to buy tickets, um, he has a little QR code on the screen where you can donate money to buy tickets for somebody else. That is what happened a lot. Now, I think that the reason why the film has such legs is because of that. There's two types of people. The people, A, who are just like, hey, it's free. I'm going to go see this movie. And then they go. Or the kind of people who get the free tickets and then walk into Indiana Jones or something else. I think that there's a lot of people who don't even go see the movie who walk into something else. And it boosts Sound of Freedom's box office. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, totally. But think about the donors. I mean, I don't assume it's one donor who pays all the tickets. So, no. if, if but that shows also, like, look, let's say you watch the film and you pay the, the ticket. What you did, you use the free ticket. But let's say you go there, you pay the ticket, and you like the film so much, and you think the content is so important, you pay other tickets for other people. So you, it's basically like you would watch that film five times. What, by the way, a lot of people did with films like Titanic. Or yeah. you know, so from this, so it's not a crime to do this. I think it's 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 clever. Uh, yeah, it is smart. It's smart on the distributor's behalf. But at the same time, the film itself is full of like emotional manipulation. Like, like there's a scene where like this guy is like getting Jim Caviezel's bags. He's like a, a butler or something, and he's just like, "Hey, what do you do for a living?" And then Jim Caviezel says that he's uh, he 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 hunts down, you know, uh, child, whatever. Yeah. And um, and then the guy's like, oh, I hope you catch them. And Jim Caviezel stops and he goes, brother, you don't know the half of it. You don't know it's going to come and touch you at your home and you're going to wish that you took it more seriously. He like cries in front of the camera and he gives a big feel about like how it's going to hunt the guy. It's going to hit him home. His own kids are going to get kidnapped and all this other shit. There's a lot of like manipulation in there. Like your kids are not going to get fucking kidnapped. The people who watch this movie, but the movie tries to tell you, you need to take steps to prevent that from happening or else it's going to happen to you. Just like what you said, there's not 150,000, 500,000 kids. You know, there's not, uh, there's not kids disappearing all over the world suddenly like it's a very small small fringe of society but this movie is amplifying it to make it seem like it's worse than it actually is to get people to be paranoid and to buy into paranoid behavior 
And that's why I think the film is ultimately kind of like brainwashing is that people will walk out of the fucking movie paranoid that the fucking sky is going to fall on them afterwards because the movie does such a good job scaring them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. But so what they actually say in the film, who kidnaps all the kids, like who are the guilty people? Uh, it's just random there's like random like sects of people who work together like like in the beginning of the film there's a woman who's like oh your child is so beautiful there's a commercial and we'd like him to apply for the commercial as an actor and the mother's like oh really and then they're like yeah look at look at your daughter bring her too and then they like bring the kids to this like shady like um area and then there's a bunch of other kids there too and then all the kids get kidnapped and it's like in how, america in america or in mexico it's like in some other country it's, so it's yeah so, but it's what i mean like if the so when when jim caviezel did the speech to that guy was that an american father or was no. it like, no, no it's it's basically the film says everywhere in latin america africa india whatever there are the people they groom them they are the people they they uh, kidnap them, but they're getting then shipped to where? Who buys that kid? I don't think that they answered that question in the film. They kept that very conspicuous. They made it say they they focused on the problem, not on the solution. I guess the solution is sort of like, you know, lock up your kids, but <laughs> <laughs> like lock them up and never let them get out. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a bad movie. It's actually really effective, honestly. But I think that, you know, the the paranoia, the people that it's appealing to are already kind of fucking unstable. And it just makes them a little more unstable. That's why I think it has a negative effect, honestly. Even though the message is positive, and I agree, child exploitation is bad and all that trafficking is bad. But I, I don't think that we need to like be so paranoid about everything. Americans are extremely paranoid about everything. Everyone's carrying guns. I think we need to tone it down, not turn it up. Do you know what I mean? But that's just me. Well, no, but, but I still think that it's kind of, uh, it resonates right now with a lot of people who uh, most of the films are too diverse and whatever, but you know, that's true. That is true. That is one of the reasons I think Taylor Sheridan is so successful because he's the only, let's say, big showrunner, big in business right now, where the shows are not, let's say, they just told the stories, how the stories have to get told without looking into a quota, right? He's not trying to have uh, whatever, even if it doesn't fit in 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 the story at all, trying to have all races, all religions, and everything is good, and you have tons of uh, uh, whatever transvestites in your film, uh, you know, it, it doesn't fit in in his stories, and they are not in. Good. He doesn't try to adjust to this total bullshit rules, right? So, and I think that is the reason that the old-fashioned storytelling, what he's basically is doing in a way, uh, it, it totally resonates with a lot of uh, viewers. You know, where, where you just think it's just a story told the way it should be without trying to have angles into whatever uh, uh, to bring this minority in, to be correct to this minority, whatever. I think I think he gives a shit. And he's just telling the story how the story should unfold. And yeah. 
and not a lot of people doing this right now you know where you where you have this kind of like everybody tries to uh, uh you know to 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 get as as much diversity as possible even if it hurts the story and yeah. changes history and stuff like this that doesn't matter anymore and that is bad it's like that Anne Boleyn movie on Netflix where she's black what <laughs> Anne Boleyn the 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 royalty <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know in, in England the, the Bridgerton and stuff like this, right? So yeah, yeah, but this is so fictional. I give a shit. You know, I I personally don't give a shit. I I, I mean they they can do it like because it's kind of a fictional, absurd kind of uh, movie, you know. But if you would do the crown and the queen would be black, and you act like you actually showing what happened in the English royalty, then you're out of your mind because then exactly. you totally like lose the point why making a film about the british monarchy and then making it so diverse that it has nothing to do with the reality so that is the thing I, it depends what story you tell you know and i'm the I last person who's against diversity i like when you see the first shift you just saw the trailer you can say what you think about the trailer we, we didn't release it for now but the trailer is out i mean we have all uh, uh like Woman, man, uh, uh, in a, in a film crew are of course gay people. You have diverse things. I have a lot of because the reality is I have a lot of black people uh, in the film. It's shot in New York, right? So a lot of great black actors are in it, and I mean that is totally clear because it fits in the film. You know, yes. if you make a film about Germany fighting Russia in the Second World War and they tried to get black people in the front lines, then you're out of your fucking mind because they were not existing. Right. So or Asians or whatever, they were just not fighting there. So and that is what I mean. It's like uh, they should not put up that rules. They should make you tell the best story you can with the best crew behind the camera you can get. And whatever it is, it will be automatically, of course, a mix. But historically, you will be have a harder time to find female grip electricians and camera people. Right. Yeah. But easier still to find female production uh, uh, assistants and hair makeup wardrobe that is easier to find uh, uh, females right so and that you don't have to uh, uh, in a way you don't have to change it because the market and the personality of people bring them into the job they want to do and then just hire them you yeah. know, but don't, don't try to find the only female DP you can find in Argentina. Yeah. That is why I'm always against this total crap bullshit where, where they just sidetrack uh, something, you know. And uh, I today uh, I, I watched Bill Mayer and Jordan Peterson on Club Random, like Bill Mayer's YouTube podcast, basically. And I think it was very interesting when Bill Mayer said, he said, the liberals, and he's a total liberal, as we know, right? Promoting like uh, marijuana, whatever, since 40 years. Uh, and, it, you know, and it's this, he said, the liberals changed, not him. You know, it's, and I totally agree. It's this kind of like, what changed is we have now a fascist uh, Twitter Vogue police who yeah. are all saying they are the lefties, the greens, 
Democrats and the woke people, whatever, and but they are acting like uh, the Nazis because yes. cancel everybody who has a different opinion. You know, look at this this week, Kevin Spacey free again, like he never got convicted. So what what's with him now? Right, he he didn't make a dime in five years. He got sued for hundred million from Netflix. He spent million on his attorneys, and he won every single lawsuit. So I mean, uh, I know from personal people that worked with him that he was was very pushy. sexual whatever going after young guys right so i know that this part is true but nobody basically said i got raped by kevin space you know yeah. and he just said because the- he's horny doesn't mean that he's like deserves to exactly. be in jail. of course he used his position uh, and uh, you know but it's it's maybe not he maybe didn't did enough it was no crime it was just asshole behavior he did so, but the reality is also, as we all know, Kevin Spacey is one of the best actors alive. Yeah. And a year went completely down the drain. And I think now we should say, look, uh, he suffered enough. Let's hire him. Let's get him back into movies. Let's, let's uh, let him do what he's born to do. He's a great actor. But of course, if he acts out, he has to go. You know, I, I mean, I would totally hire Kevin Spacey for my next film, and I would tell him if I have the right part for him. But I would totally tell him, like, uh, if if you whatever grab a, a guy here on set, whatever, I fucking nailed you. You know, I would just hit you in the face, and uh, they can carry you in, in intensive care. I mean, that is the thing. I mean, you also have to just tell the people till here and not further. You know, yeah. that, that is the thing. It's like even stars cannot do what they want. They got hired by producers. And you know, and have to follow the director. So I would I had no problem to work with Kevin Spacey, and I bet he would not get out of line. Yeah. Especially now, he knows what can happen, right? He knows if he fucks up one more time, he's he's done forever. But I'm already saying he is done forever because who would hire him? I mean, as I said, as I said right now, if I would have a part for him in a film I do, I would totally hire him. Well, it's very possible. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. was forgiven. Mel Gibson was forgiven. Yeah, but what did Robert Downey Jr. did? He did Robert Robert Downey Jr. was a huge drug addict, and then nobody would insure him. Yeah, but he didn't. But nobody accused him being a total <laughs> asshole to everybody else. Yeah, but he was still kind of blacklisted from Hollywood, yet was able to make a comeback. Yeah, I would say that he's not as bad as what Mel Gibson did, although I feel that Mel Gibson didn't deserve the huge backlash that he got either. No, but it's film after film. Yeah. Mel Gibson is in tons of films, right? In tons of films. He's not like the lead actor in a way anymore, but he plays still in a, tons of films. I assume he still has over 100 million bucks. So we don't have to feel bad for, for uh, Mel Gibson. And I think he still gets hired for, for films. He didn't was like out, out. Well, he's back in. He's going to direct Lethal Weapon 5. Yeah, right? I know. So he's totally back in. But but also he was never really completely blocked off for longer than six months. And and then they start hiring him again and said, okay, he was drunk and stopped by the police. And flipped. Well, that movie that he did, The Beaver, that was directed by Jodie Foster, 
that seemed like it was Oscar bait, yet it only came out in like eight theaters. He had little, that was part of his punishment, that yes. the movies that he had were kind of like swept under the rug. And he's, he had a couple years there where he didn't act, probably trying to wait it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I mean, that is the thing. I I always, uh, I think Mel Gibson is an excellent director. He did some uh, exceptional good films, you know. Yes. And uh, uh, also the um, the one in Latin America in the jungle. The Apocalypto. Apocalypto, well, I think was a masterpiece, was super good and so consequent. And I mean, Passion of the Christ, uh, I'm not the big believer here, but it was also kind of a splatter movie. And oh man, with with Jesus's ribs coming out and shit. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And I think that movie made also Jim Caviezel this super Christian guy. You know, yeah. since then he's totally on that super Christian trip. So and uh, uh, no, but I mean that is the thing. I, but I didn't read one thing about Kevin Spacey from the industry after he got off the hook. That uh, like sorry. You know, like we uh, prejudged you and put you down as the biggest criminal rapist in the history. But uh, right now it doesn't look like you were a rapist or whatever. You were only like a horny asshole. I think you should hire him, man. Hire him at least for like California Fried Movie as the president or something, you know? California, but yeah, I uh, know. So, uh, yeah, you know, but uh, but that is the thing a California Fright movie, it's like a postal two basically, will never get financing in the world we're living right now. Yeah, as, as but the world to- needs something like that right now. Yes, but that is what I meant with the that is exactly what I meant with my statement for Sound of Freedom. It shows yeah. if you do it clever, like the Angel Studios, you can gain a big hit with something what normally would do $2 million box office, let's face it. You know, so that film went off the rails for like a, I mean, Jim Caviezel is also not a big star. There's a film without big stars, uh, just properly made, but no for $14 million budget. So it means not really, let's say, unbelievable action scenes and so you know like stuff like this and it still resonates with the people and they're going in so what you thought about my trailer you know i haven't actually watched it yet because (laughs) you told me you told me that i shouldn't leak it or anything so i was like i'll just watch it later you know what i mean so watch it it's a hidden link right it's a hidden youtube link so as long we don't post it nobody can watch it only people uh, like I emailed it to whatever you should definitely have I'll watch it when we're done with this for sure yeah, yeah it's 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 good and uh, it's a lot of fun and so we're on August 25th the film is mastered and finished the music half of the music is done and uh, excellent from Jessica DeRoy again uh, excellent done and uh, yeah I'm very happy uh, with it so so here's a question actually from a fan recently they were asking me why isn't the rampage soundtrack on apple um, music they said they'd like to buy it i will tell jessica maybe yeah. she can put it up there uh i will tell her this and i don't know why i mean they're not clever from all the music publishers and the distributors you know so i will get on it and We'll try to to figure it out. 
yeah, and so last subject matter I still have here is uh, it looks like here your DeSantis guy is going down the drain. <laughs> My DeSantis guy. Yeah, yeah he's, he's kind of fucking up. It's true. Yeah. I mean, he throwed out a half of his stuff like his election campaign people. And yeah, because this... he had too many staff. He was like bleeding through money. Yes, and I think he doesn't get so many donations as he wanted and he wants. And that is maybe already the end. I think what's going to happen is this. This is what I think. He's number two still, even if he's trailing by a distance. Trump is number one. What's yeah. going to happen is that Trump is going to end up making a plea deal, I bet you, that he won't run in exchange for not getting prison time, and then he won't get the nomination. You think he will do that? I think that he'll cover his own ass. I think he'll do anything. If they'll pardon him for like his crimes and not put him in jail, I think he'll do it. Yeah, no, but no state attorney or judge can make that deal with him. That has I don't know. It would have to be from Biden. Maybe Jack Smith could hook him up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, it's possible. I, I totally believe that, and it's true, that Trump is only in for himself, that we know from day one on. Yeah. If he really thinks he goes to jail for a few years, he knows it's the end of him. So, yeah, because he said that he'll run from prison, but how effective would that be? Give me a fucking break. Yeah, it would be totally absurd. I mean, I'm, I'm not. It's not off that he could still win from prison, right? He would a lot of more fans would uh, <laughs> would for him, but it would be totally absurd, of course. But it um, would make our entire system look like a more than a joke than it already does. Yeah, that is true. I, 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 look, I'm just guessing, right? So, but I think I don't see in the Republican Party anybody who could defeat Trump in the uh, to win the, the the nomination. Trump would have to be taken out somehow. Yeah. And that's that's the only way that I yeah. can think is that if he's like if they're like, okay, don't run and then we will take all this off the table and you're good. Or you'll serve your sentence at home or something like that. Yeah. You know, so that is the thing. I, I really I really don't know. Because so. he's fucked. He has so much against him right now. I think something is going to happen. I think that he is going to get convicted of something. He has a lot against him. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm totally uh, lost in re who will uh, and who will be also actually winning the election. Um, as we see, Biden gets, gets older and golder. The older, you know, and golder, and uh, I, I Twitter. <laughs> I feel bad for him that he's the father from Biden. Um, oh, you saw me. that thing about his kid, right? His granddaughter. Yeah, yeah and it's like Joe Biden is, is 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 really totally fucked by. Uh, is totally fucked by uh, by his son, right? I mean. I don't know what he did, but the son turned out really bad. I mean, he's a lot of shit over and over and over his whole life. You know, drug, sex, rock and roll, tax breaks, whatever. 
horrible. <laughs> you know, it's really horrible. Nah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, it's pretty pretty crazy. I mean, Hunter Biden having babies with chicks, you know, yeah. going to strippers, and I don't know. He's crazy. He's wild. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's crazy. Meanwhile, his dad is like, get me some ice cream. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I know. It, it's very, I mean, it's for his reputation and everything. Very bad. For, yeah. for Biden as a president to have a son like this, to be honest. I mean, it's not looking good for him. And of course, the people think he covered him up over and over and over. And uh, so. I don't think that Biden is that stupid. I think that Hunter fucked up big time, but I don't think that Biden was in on it with him. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know. Also. No, yeah. Okay. Have a good. Uh, yeah, every everybody out there, please follow Uva Ball on Twitter. He is Uva Ball Seven. I am Gary Otto Zero, and there is also Uva Ball Raw USA main hub. And we will see you next time, guys. Next week, okay? Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.